Maybe some of the people don't know what a real Jew is. And the scripture simply says, I want to put it right here. <clears throat> For he is not a real Jew who is only one outwardly and publicly, nor is true circumcision something that is external and physical. Amen? But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and true circumcision is of the heart. A spiritual, listen, a spiritual and not a literal manner. He praises not men, but of God. He praises God. So a true Jew is one that's not an outward expression. Ones that got the stuff all tied around their head. They got the little box on their head and they at the wall doing this. He's saying that's not what a real Jew is. A real Jew is one whose heart has been circumcised and inwardly. That should be all of us. Amen. See, so context of scripture of us even understanding what this really is, you have to have the revelation of Jesus. And I've come to a fact, teacher, that in this walk, we know a lot about Jesus, but we're not intimate with him. And you can know a lot about a person, but you're not really intimate with them. So do you really know them? This is what he's trying to get us to see this year. Do we really know him? But to know him, he has to be unveiled to you. This is why the circumcision was a cutting away so that that was a mark that was going to be placed on that you knew him cost you something. Yeah. Th to know him is painful. So this is why I really want us to understand this whole story this year. What's really happening. What's happening to you right now. What's been happening to you. Okay. Remember the revealing is painful. <laughs> okay. Nobody wants to go there with me. Mm, mm, mm. Nobody wants to go there with me. So, I'll kind of jump around so you can follow what I want us to say. I'm going to show you how he's being revealed to you, and you might not even know it. Can I do that? Yes. All right. So, the word feast, the feast of the Lord, that already tells us that they're his. And don't worry, we're going to go in Leviticus and all of that. I just trying to. Get us acclimated to where we're going. Amen. Put your seatbelt on. All right. The feast of the Lord. The feast of the Lord doesn't mean that we sit down and we eat food. See, I'm talking to some people that know this. Some people who are watching, they may not know this. So give me give them some grace because some of y'all know these things already. Amen. All right. There you go. You might have forgot. I don't know. I'm hungry right now. Okay, here we go. It doesn't mean that. We sit down and we eat food. The word feast in the Hebrew means appointed times. Okay? Or divine appointment. That's plural. Appointments. So in Genesis chapter 1. Let's see here. Let's 
you go to Genesis chapter 1. And you see here in Genesis chapter 1, uh, what do we do in Genesis? I'm about to let you read it for us. So in Genesis chapter 1, I said that the word feast means appointed times, correct? And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. There's our calendar. Okay. Okay. Y'all all right? Okay. So when we read that, we think seasons. We think winter, spring, summer, fall, right? The word seasons in the Hebrew is moed which is translated as the word feast. The word, the word signals, or, or should I say signs, also means signals. So he said he placed those up there, not just for signs, but signals. A signal is telling somebody, hey, here I come. I'm giving you a signal. Hey. <laughs> oh, no, stop. Go back, right? It's a signal, right? You know, in your car, you got your, you got your left signal, your right signal, right, telling you you're going to make a turn, right? You got the signal lights, you got the red, the yellow, and the green, right? Those are for, they to let you know that you can move. Or they need to let you know that you need to stay still. Okay? So he said he put the sun and the stars and the moon, all those things for signs, which means signals. So we need to know what's really going on. Amen? Now let's see here. Who that back there? All right. You ready, Sula? All right. Amen. Y'all help her with them. The scripture back there, how it works. Y'all got it? Okay, look at it. She ready. Get me right. Got it. <laughs> All right. Go to Leviticus uh, 23 and 2. Amplified up there too. Put amplified up there for us too. Matter of fact, put amplified <laughs> King James and complete Jewish. Leviticus 23 and 2. This is Leviticus 23 and 2. Mm -hmm. Say to the Israelites, the set feasts or appointed seasons of the Lord, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations, even my set feasts are these. All right. Now drop on down so we know that the feast of the Lord, we're gonna, I'm going to show you what they are. You have to have these first, that these are not the Jewish feasts. These are God's feasts. Say God's feasts. God's feast. See, so now you know that they're his. They're not some people. They're his. It's going to make a difference when you know that it is his. All right. Drop down to verse 41. 
verse 41. Mm -hmm. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year, a statute forever throughout your generation. You shall keep it in the seventh month. All right. So, you know, throughout time, calendars change and times get kind of scooted here and back here. We missed the leap year. We're going to add it in this year. Things get kind of juggled around, don't it? But the sun and the moon are stable. They steady. They stay there, don't they? That's right. mm. So now you can see how we get off. Right? You got a lunar calendar. You got that's the moon. All that, right? So we can get off. So this is why you have to be careful when it comes to dates. Okay? When we're talking about the feast. So whenever it is, do it for that long. You can. You, all right. I'm going to show y'all. Y'all been. Okay. Y'all wait. Y'all not ready. Go to Isaiah, and I'm establishing something here or something we've done and what you need to continue to do, right? Because he said these are ordinances that you do forever. Okay, all right. Ah, but see, if you don't have the revelation of Jesus, it's not going to make sense. So I'm going to help you. It has to be unveiled to you. All right, Isaiah 46. Start at 9 and 10. Amplify it, please. Thank you, Doris. This is Isaiah 46 at 9 and 10. Mm -hmm. Verse 9. Earnestly remember the former things which I did of old. Mm. For I am God and there is no one else. I am God. And there's none like me. Okay. So he's telling us to remember something. These are my ordinances. Remember these. I'm the God of old, right? Now, go to Ecclesiastes. I'm building something. Just follow me. That's right. Ecclesiastes 1 and 9. Ecclesiastes 1, 9. Mm-hmm. The thing that has been, it is what will be again. And that which has been done is that which will be done again. And there is nothing new under the sun. Okay. So I know many of y'all experienced deja vu. How many of y'all experienced deja vu? And it's fleet and go by just like that. Okay. That's the scripture being fulfilled. You feel like you've been someplace. You feel like, wait a minute. I, I feel like I see. I, don't I know you? You felt like that for a moment. Ain't that right? Oh, I tell you. So everything is in scripture. So this scripture is going to be very important, y'all, to in the days that are to come. What I just said. I told you. In between Malachi. And Matthew, that's called the intertestamental period. That's 400 years that they say God won't talk. It. I'm going to show you that <laughs> God speaks is forever. Okay, so <laughs> in knowing that, right, so they were at war then in between those two times that was prophesied by Daniel. And guess what we find ourselves today with Israel? What? In war. That which was will be again. And there is nothing new under the sun. So we should even know the outcome of this. I, I already know the outcome of, of this war. 
All right, y'all okay? So, so now go to same Ecclesiastes. Go to three, fourteen and fifteen. Let's see something. Ecclesiastes three, fourteen and fifteen. I know that whatever God does, mm-hmm. it endures forever. Okay. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken from it. And God does it so that men will reverently fear him, revere and worship him, knowing that he is. That which is now already has been, and that which is to be already has been. Mm -hmm. And God seeks that which has passed by so that history repeats itself. All right. Come on. I want you to read that one more time. Time. All right. All right. So here we got you. Just, just follow the scripture. Watch this. Okay. So this is the word giving confirmation of itself. We saw that earlier, right? In Ecclesiastes. Then he's saying it again. Okay? Let's 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 look at this. Beginning again at 14. I know that whatever God does, mm. it endures forever. Okay. Y'all hear that? Whatever God does, he does it forever. Amen? Amen. So you can't change, you can't add nothing to it. When God created and gave Moses the blueprint for the menorah, it had seven candlesticks then, just like the seven churches then. He didn't change it to nine. What he does, he does forever. Y'all all right? See, this is what happens with rabbinic Judaism. And it starts manipulating, adding to. See, what they do is add to. And what we do is just how we take from. We've removed this from. And they add it to. Do you understand? Well, if I add to it, I got to add, I got to change everything, the dates and everything to it. What he does, he does. Forever. Y'all all right? Woo, glory to God. Y'all, are we following? So I'm trying to establish something with you when it comes to the feast and why he was there. See, most of us just say, Jesus was there. He won't, he won't, he was just there. Yeah, he was. But I'm going to help you know, understand why he was there. Okay? And, and why of all the other feasts you never hear except this one? Why was this one called out specifically? And then they tell you what time it was, the winter time. We're going to get there. Why? We already know that there were three feasts that were obligation, that were obligated to be there. We know that. That means Jesus was obedient. He was there. But this was not, this feast is not a feast of the seven feasts of the, of the fall, Right? And the spring feast. It wasn't one of them. Neither was Purim. It wasn't one of the feasts. But it's acknowledged. Okay. All scripture is given by God. Inspired by God. See, we just don't know when people are tampering with it. That's right. And pulling away. It didn't say celebrate his birthday. Nowhere it said that. Nowhere it says that, but he but we do. See, we take away 
and they'd add two. See, this is what people don't get. What is all this? What is going on? I'm trying to help us to find out what is going on. Let's find out something here. Let's find out a mystery. Let's find out something here. Let's find out if he said that these are my feasts. And he named them and dated them and said, you're to keep these ordinances forever for your children and for the next generation, all that. So people have removed. The church does not acknowledge these. Not even one day of them. So we have done what? Removed it. The rabbinic Judaism or orthodox Judaism cannot see that this is Jesus. They can't see it. They've been blinded for you. Not all, some. So there are seven feasts of the Lord that we talked about in Leviticus 23, which we will read. Um, we're going to go through them later, I guarantee you, right? So let's look at something here. Let's look at a mystery. Let's, let's see what it's about. Hold on. This is the revealing, the unveiling of Jesus, the Messiah. So the spring feast, we start off with Pesach. That's the Hebrew name, but it's really Passover. Y'all got it? This is the foundational feast, teacher. The six feasts that follow are built upon it. Passover. They're built upon it. Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. Except what? My Father in heaven. And on that revelation, I'm going to build my church on the revelation of Jesus. Personally, who he is. So the feast, here we go. The spring feast, Passover is the foundational. Feast that all the other feasts are built upon. Ooh, look at what's going on. Look at what's going on. Unleavened bread. And, you know, some of the feasts, they, they fold right into the next feast. Okay? So, unleavened bread. Let's see here. Y'all saved, right? Yeah. Maybe some people on the line ain't saved. But if you ain't, you know, we can get you there. But follow along, okay? Here we go. So, we participate in the Passover, which is the foundation. This is when the deaf angel, what, passed over the land of Egypt and even the ones in Goshen. It passed over. They, they were under the blood. So you're participating in Passover. Watch this. Every day. Every day. See, we get caught up on times and seasons and what you're supposed to. No, yo, you got to understand, it is a revealing of the Christ. So, you are participating in the feast of Passover every day that you get up. Every night that you go to sleep. You're in the Passover. See, this is why you got to understand what I'm trying to. Okay, don't, don't second guess. Okay, watch this. Unleavened bread speaks of redemption. 
forgiveness of sins. So true worship and service to the true God or the true living God can be made. To worship me, you must worship me in spirit and truth. Unleavened bread speaks of redemption, forgiveness of sin. So true worship and the service to the true God can be made. Y'all right, come on. All right. Help them out. That's okay. It's all right. Pastor Good. I'm on course. I'm just glad y'all here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Ain't no word. Can we continue? I'm going to take it from the top again. Unleavened bread speaks of redemption. See, if you don't understand what I'm telling you now, none of this going to mean anything. We already know you're participating in the Passover. Unleavened bread speaks of redemption. You've been redeemed, haven't you? Just today? Every day. He is the feast. Y'all watch. Y'all watch this. Listen to this. It reminds us of our need. Oh, unleavened bread reminds us of our need for spiritual cleansing and repentance. In one word, the feast of unleavened bread, sanctification. Aren't you sanctified? You've been doing, you've been in this feast every day of your born again life. You're a part of it, but it has to be revealed. See, most of us go around here, we don't even know this. We're partaking of it. Ooh. First fruits. In one word, speaks of resurrection. How many of y'all are born again? Then you've been resurrected. I'm just trying to get us to really understand about these feasts. Y'all okay? If you don't get the revealing of this feast, you won't understand why he was sitting at the east gate. When I get there this week. I I, I found out something so wonderful. (laughs) And can I be honest? Can I be honest with y'all? Can I? Can I? I need y'all to listen. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Maybe I'll save it for later. Now, y'all want me to say, can I share something? I, can I be like candid? And, oh, I'm, I'm going to wait. I found out something, but I didn't get the revelation until I became a pastor. I didn't get a revelation. Until a little while ago. Y'all, y'all, can I say it? Can I? I know I didn't even discuss it with you, but you will remember it when I tell you about it. Now, this is important. Y'all listen to me. I was in, we was in a minister meeting. You know where I'm going, don't you? Okay. Okay. I want to whisper it to you. Okay. We were in a minister meeting and our pastor Apostle Kale asked us, what, as ministers, what subject would he have for us or, or have for him to, to teach? 
He asked us that. We were mature. We can, we can roll with this. Can I, ask, can I be real honest with you? I'm going to be real honest with you. Can I? If not, I won't. Okay. Mel asks, could you teach on the recreated human spirit being developed? And he said, absolutely. I think he ended up teaching on it. I think he didn't know teaching. Yeah, he did. He did a teaching on it. Okay, come on. Tripartite nature of man. Okay. I'm new. I'm new in there. I'm just happy to be in there. Okay, you want, you want the mic, Joe? Okay. Can you get the mic? Because I want to. I'm going someplace. I want you to understand something. Okay? This is what he brought back to me. So. I ask, not how church understand being born again, but what I was asking, which many believers and the term that I've never heard them speak in is the new creation. We are a new creation, not just being born again, but how do you develop something that is not of this world that's inside of you? That spirit that now he makes alive and responsive to him. How do you develop that new creation spirit how do they grow how do they develop in eternity that's what I was asking that's what she was asking because this exactly so it wasn't the natural oh I'm born again how do you develop the person that's born again I'm asking the question that the majority of the body of Christ still struggle with because they're not aware of that they are a new creation that never existed before, now have the spirit of God in them that responds. Look, a renewed spirit. Because the spirit that they had, look, was dead to righteousness. But this spirit now that is renewed to respond to God, how do you develop that? That's like asking, how do you breathe underwater? Because you're so used to breathing above water. That's right. That's what I was asking. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this is the struggle yeah. with us now. Is that when you hear a new creation language, We are offended because it comes against our spirit that's been renewed by God, but not developed. Amen. I'm saying this is the struggle. And as hard as we think we're going the right way, it's in the beginning when you did Romans 10, 9. And this is why, because if you really was developed in 
your new nature, we will all have strong, sober minds. We go to school, we get education. You grow, it's the knowledge. But what has not happened is your new spirit that has not been developed in regards to eternity. So how do I now comprehend, listen, live, and breathe in this eternity? Amen. So that's what she was asking <laughs> in that one question. Now for my transparency. We sitting in there. This is ministers. I mean, it was up in the twenty-four, thirty or something. It, we we in the, we in we his ministers. You know, tested, tried. Oh, we there. And here I go. I raise my hand. I raised my hand. I said, I said, Pastor, can you teach on the feast? Not knowing nothing. That's why I asked. I asked him, can you teach on the feast? And you know what he said? No. Look at that. How do you think I responded? How do you think? How do you think I responded? What was that, teacher? I responded like a student. He asked the question, and I gave him what I thought, and he said no. Maybe he knew something that I didn't know about the question that I asked. It wasn't. Nor did he ever teach on any of the feasts. I'm going to tell you why. Because what God had given teacher and I was teacher taught on the Gentile. The recreated mind from the Gentile. And inside of the ministry, he gave me the part about the Hebrews. So watch this. So, so watch this. It's, it's all in your capability of understanding why someone says no. My response, yeah, I'm, I'm being real honest with y'all right now. If y'all come up here and tell me, hey, Pastor, you want to do this? And I say, no. What? How y'all going to feel? Okay. Don't even answer it. Don't even answer it. But I understood something, though. It was God placing me on a journey. Because he had already gave, given him what he is to teach. He already gave it to him. That wasn't where he, that wasn't where he was supposed to go. I was just a little ahead of my 
So I won't offend it. Because you grow from that. I trusted what he said. She gonna, soon as the next week, he's going to teach on mail and, and, and what she said. And I'm like, I, I thought my question was good. That's how people would act. I didn't act like that. So God, watch this. God wanted this. So he, he's a... He's a revealer. Y'all listen to what I'm telling you. So we're talking about the spring feast right now. We just did Pesach, Passover. I just told you, you're doing it. I just told you unleavened bread, you're doing it. First fruits, I said you're born again. That's the resurrection, you're doing it, right? Then, then the next feast is Shavuot, which is Pentecost. Or the Feast of Weeks. This feast, this feast, watch this. This this feast, in a word, speaks of orientation. With this first fruits, watch this. See, you they all coincide with each other. They all build upon each other. These are the spring feast, so they're all connected. Right? So first fruits of the fruit is. Of the wheat harvest. Israel was to bring two loaves of bread. This is the only feast where leavened bread was used. Only feast. The two loaves represent, teacher, watch this, Jew and Gentile. One in Messiah. That's what our ministry is. The one new man in Yeshua. Being revealed. So God was revealing himself to me. When I asked the question to Apostle Kale to teach on the feast. And he said no. In front of everybody. 24, 30 ministers right there. No. And I didn't understand why I didn't get offended. I didn't understand because that was my journey. As I said, he wasn't given that to teach. Because in that ministry, in that meeting, the ministry that he had for us was birthed. Teaching on the one new man in Yeshua, which is the, you did the Gentile part, then he gave me the Hebrew part. And you see those two, the unleavened bread. Listen, the Pentecost, Shiva Oat. It is a feast of orientation. This is the first fruit of the wheat harvest. Israel was to bring two loaves of bread. This only, listen, this is the only feast that you will ever see leavened bread together for its use. The two loaves represented Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. It was the coming of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, that, watch this, that reinstated, teacher, the renewed covenant. The separation between the Jew and Gentile was broken. See, it takes foresight. It takes understanding why he told me no. We're not studying that no because it would have put me off of where he wanted me to go until the appointed time. So this is why I know what I'm teaching is what he wanted. 
the way he wanted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How he wanted it. Because he called me to do it. And I honored him enough not to get mad. I grew from that moment. I submitted to him even more at that moment. Because he knew, I don't know, man. I don't know what you know. And I know it. So in front of everybody, he said no. Most of us get mad. That's it. And gone. He told me no. He knew better for me. See, some of y'all, y'all, some of y'all following right in my, in my steps, but you gotta follow. So that was the fall feast, I mean the spring feast. So, 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 how many of y'all got the Holy Spirit? So you are participating in the feast of Pentecost every day. You have him every day. He's re- you in the feast every day. It's the revealing of who he is. See, we sit here and we don't understand. I would have never got this then. I would have never got what he was saying. I would have never understood the revealing. And he's still revealing from last year to this year. Ever since we've been doing it, he's been revealing, removing stuff away, taking this out, moving this away, because I'm getting you someplace. And the more that you yield to me, the more I reveal of me to you. All right. The more I yield to him, the more he reveals to me him. Deep things. So we're participating in it. Look at us. Let's see about the fall feast. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, Day of the Blowing of the Trumpets, Yom Teruah, or the Day of Shouting, Mm-mm-mm. or it's the head of the year. So how many praises do I have in here? Have you ever shouted? So then now you are participating in the Feast of Trumpets. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. See, and once you understand this, you're going to understand the rest of the week. Once we get here. So watch this. Watch this. He said this. Rosh Hashanah, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Blowing, Day of Shouting, Head of the Year. And one word that will connect you to this feast, watch this. It's called the ingathering. Aren't we gathered here today? Aren't we in the end times? We're in the end gatherings. You are now in the feast. Ha, glory to God. Of trumpets. This is the end gathering. You're participating in it every day. The feast every day. Because it's him. He is the feast. See, I told you, we keep making, you know, we keep celebrating the day. And not the Lord of days. We isolate this to today or eight days. And after that, that's it. Christmas one day, that's it. See, we don't know what we think we know. What's the Super Bowl going to be at this year? No. Where's the Super Bowl going to be at this year? 
Vegas. All right. It's in Vegas, right? 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 Back here, back here. Right? I'm making a point. It, it was, it's, in, it's in Vegas, right? Where was the shooting the other day? How many died? See, you don't even understand sacrifices. You don't even understand. See, you don't understand. It's an arena. It's just like the gymnasium back in the Maccabee days. We don't understand what's going on spiritually. And they build that gymnasium. That's all it is. It's a stadium where sacrifices were made. That which was will be again. I'm trying to teach you something here about revelation of who God is in his word. But watch this, Yolanda, we just overlooked that. We just overlooked that. We don't need to look at the satanic uh, calendar and see what's required. See how, see how blinded we are when it comes to the world activities and what we see or what we don't see? You are in a spiritual war of your mind. He attacks your mind. That's where your belief system, your heart is. Listen to this. So, look at what we're doing tonight. We're gathering. This is the end gathering. This feast, is, is call, it calls us, watch this, to regather, y'all listen to this, to a pure faith in God. This feast right here, y'all need to hear what I just said. This feast, Rosh Hashanah, trumpets, day of blowing, shouting, in gathering, to, re, to regather to a pure faith. This is what it's supposed to do, to regather us to a pure faith in God. This feast has come to represent, watch this, the day of repentance. This feast causes us to take stock in our spiritual condition. And make the necessary changes to ensure that the, listen, upcoming year okay. would be pleasing to God. This is why we've been teaching what we've been teaching. I'm right in line to what God wants for your life. But you didn't realize you was already living the feast. You were already, because he's in you now. The feasts are him. See, this is why the rabbinic Jews, Orthodox Jews, unsaved people need a temple. And you are the temple. This is why dedication, this is why these eight days of rededication, realigning you, redefining you, rechecking you for the coming year. Because you don't know last year Israel won't have war. This year they are. What's going to be this year coming? Where are you? See, this is going to lead into tomorrow. Y'all just wait. Y'all not waiting. I'm almost finished. Because I need us to understand something here. Y'all all right? Listen to what he's talking to us. He's talking to us. The blowing of the shofar 
is our wake-up call. Calling is our appointed time. See, when you heard the shofar go off, in this season, what we are in right now, it's a wake-up call. Because our season has changed. I've time to tell y'all that. My goodness, some of y'all going to miss it. This feast will be fulfilled when Messiah comes back. It hadn't been fulfilled yet. Yet you are partakers of it already. Because that which is has already been. I ain't worried about being saved because I was saved. And I am saved. And I shall be saved. See, y'all now understanding the revelation of what I just said. That's the scripture. I'm saved because I was saved. And I shall be saved because I am saved. And there is no new thing under the sun. Y'all not ready. Y'all not ready. This is what he prophesied in Matthew chapter 24 and 31. Mm, mm, mm. He just tells you that. You, let's just see. Let's just see what he said. Let's see if we end up. Matthew 24 31. Yeah, we got to gaze upon the candlestick. Mm, mm, mm. Matthew chapter 24 at verse 31. Mm. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect, his chosen ones. Ooh. From the four winds, even from one end of the universe to the mm. other. My goodness. Oh, we won't even tap into that yet. <laughs> Not tonight. The next feast is Yom Kippur. Day of atonement. So we so far we hit we 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 right on point with all of them, ain't we? Mm. We're actually observing all of them every day, ain't we? Every day. See, then when you understand that, you'll understand the Sabbath rest. But we make it the Sabbath as he said, keep it holy. So the day you're holy, tomorrow you're not. Keep it holy. He is the Sabbath. He healed on the Sabbath. He, see, we put tradition above people. He is the Sabbath. Y'all holy? You holy today? Are you going to be holy tomorrow? See, see, we don't want to say it hadn't been revealed to you that you are the Sabbath. He's the Sabbath. And he's inside of you. I'm not, I'm rest from my works now. I, I'm not saved by my works. I'm justified by faith. Then the enemy come in and take that. Now we got the reformation and Martin Luther King. Now he done ate that all up. Now we don't know where we at. See, add to, take away. Yom Kippur, day of atonement. This is the covering. This is the covering. How many of y'all 
have sinned. Oh, I guess you're still here. You ain't judged, are you? So something covering you. Something is covering you. See, the blood of the bulls and the land, that, that, that was temporary. Can only remove it temporary. But the Lamb of God. How many of y'all are saved? My God, then you have been atoned for your sins. The atonement or sacrifice was the blood sacrifice of an innocent lamb, which was Jesus, to cover your sins forever. Even if you save and you sin and you're saved, it's still covered under the blood. When he looked down now at you, he don't see your sin because that mercy seat is covered with the blood. And I don't see you. I see my blood. Tell it to the blood. See, we don't understand. You've been operating in these, in these, in these uh, appointed times every day. He probably had, K.O. probably had to reverend. That's why he didn't need to teach on it. You've been doing it. But he knew that there would be a people. He knew that there would be a people who wouldn't understand these things. Like I didn't understand. God has designed and planned my life. For you. That's going to come into tomorrow. For you. I'm going to bring that out tomorrow for you. This is what he did for us. If I could just get us to understand the revelation. What he did. Why he was there. In Solomon's porch. At the east gate. That had already been prophesied. They knew. I'm going to help us with this. Listen to this. This day also considered the most holy day in Judaism. In all Judaism, this is probably the most holy day, Day of Atonement. This day also speaks of regeneration. It also speaks, Allah says, when Israel repents of her sins and turn to the Messiah for salvation. See, your faith in him is going to help them. Because they're blinded right now. It's called, it's called the dispensation of grace. So we can get in, Gentiles. All right. Woo! Are we learning something? Yeah. I'm trying to see how he's been, we've been doing it, but we don't know. So if we're ignorant of these things, we'll say we don't need to participate in these things. And he said, my order is forever. I change not. All scripture has been written down for your learning. All scripture has been written down for your learning. Scripture. Okay. All right. Here it is. Mm. Last one. Shako. Feast of Tabernacles. After the somber Yom Kippur comes, right? After the somber Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement, comes, watch this, teachers, the joyous feast of Shakoit. 
of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the Moadim. Listen, this Moadim is first mentioned in Leviticus 33 through 44. We're not going to go there tonight. Watch this, though. But it's mentioned, Minister L, as a commandment. It's mentioned as a commandment from God. For Israel to have a feast of thanksgiving and rejoicing. This feast took place during the season of the ingathering. Mm, where I'm telling y'all we'd be all right now. So he's commanded you, watch this, to rejoice. So you sit here sad face and you sit here upset. No, he command, this is a commandment that you rejoice, he said. Leviticus 23. My God. See, all this going to make sense as we progress through the week. Mm, mm, mm. My goodness. Look at this. Look at this. The enemy would have the church believe that they're not keeping his feet. But in essence, if you have the right teaching priest Go ahead. and you are in your right time for you to hear. Yeah. God is very pleased. He's not pleased when we take away and we add nine sticks to him. And we call it him. We don't know him. He hadn't been revealed to you. Mm, mm, mm. Woo! When the remaining, watch this, listen to this, write this, this is, as a commandment from God, from Israel, to have a feast of thanksgiving and rejoicing. This feast took place during the season of the ingathering, when the remaining crops sown during the previous winters, listen, winter, were harvested. Thus, it was also called Chegha, um, Chegha Asi. Feast of the ingathering. This was also the feast of obligation as well. He had to be there. He had to be there. This, imagine you planted your harvest, your, your, your crops, and the next year they come up, you're going to be rejoicing. Amen. Your harvest has come in. We are his harvest. Woo, Jesus. Jesus. My time is up. My time is up. I, mean, <laughs> I got to make sure because I don't want no trouble, man. 1045. All right. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Right here. I got a closing. She said I get the close. That's what it said. It says closing by pastor. Closing by pastor. Closing by pastor. Y'all got to revamp my stuff here. I hope that you're not confused. I hope that you're understanding something. Wait till tomorrow. It's going to be some more unveiling of what we are gathered here for. Y'all got to get this. We won't get, we will, what's here? Okay. We will not, I'm trying to do my closing. I got 15 minutes to do my closing. Okay. But I'm going to be, I'm going to be nice because I, I got stuff for y'all this week. I got a lot for you. To understand, we're going to get into, listen, we're going to get into Hanukkah. We're going to get into the history of it. I'm going to get into uh, the Maccabees. I'm going to get into, um, come on, Tifa, what this is really all about, these candles. I'm going to explain all of this and what it means, what it don't mean. You need to know what it means, but you also need to know what it don't mean. 
All right. So you won't be fooled and tripped up. And next thing you know, you're doing, you know, Talmudic stuff because we did. But I also always showed you what was tradition and what was the truth. And you got to be careful because some people get the strings mixed up. And I want to make sure that I make it plain. That's why I didn't want anything up here except what was in the temple. Amen. Or the main thing that was in the temple. So, hey, teacher. You Glory, I mean, you. Yeah. I didn't know this was going to happen like this. Satisfy my whole soul. Uh, Amen. So I guess we got to revamp this. <laughs> that that pastor's closing. <laughs> no. I got eight more clothes, seven more closings, so. What was the scripture, Pastor Romans? It was the 29th verse. What chapter was it? Two? Two. Can we go there? That was the very beginning, yeah, right? Yeah. Wow. And Pastor was saying how a lot of us have heard this particular saying of the Lord. But for me, I never live. And sit ready to learn with what I believe I've already learned. So I've never heard what I've heard. Oh, my God. That was good to me. That was real good to me. I, because if I already know, then I can never continue to grow. Mm. See, this is how you live in eternity. So, Pastor, when you said we were probably familiar with this, just read, man of God, and how unfamiliar I became with what I know I've heard. This is Romans chapter 2 at verse 29. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by God's spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. I believe that there was another passage that spoke about referring to the word as the letter and then referring to it that it has to be by the spirit. And we're not going to go there, but he speaks about when we read or study the word that we read and we study, look, the letter, but not by the spirit. So it's the King James version of this verse. Can we keep them? Okay. There we go. So it's right there. I just didn't go any further. <laughs> but he is a Jew. So I was like, what is a Jew? as if I've never heard, never come to a place of knowing Krishna, so I can continue to grow in my next level 
of how God wants to speak to me. <laughs> See, we limit how God will speak to us. Why does he use Jew is a question. So I'm going to give you a short crash course in, in how to really perceive going forward during this next week. Why use Jew? He used this, first of all, it is a people, it is a nation, right? But then this particular people or nation, it taught me into, because it, which is one inwardly. So it can't be a particular sect of people, then we would never be able to get in. Amen? That's mean we're looking at the letter and not by the spirit. And circumcision is that what does that mean? And why do we have Jew in here? Because what they did traditionally, that symbolically signal and direct us to what would be if you didn't see it or read it by the letter, but by the spirit. We know it's a cutting away. So when you're doing reading about a letter, it's a cutting away. But what other things are done in the physical part of the cutting away? And this all has to be done on the eighth day, which is new beginning. Okay. I can't read the breath of God by the letter. My Lord. So the cutting away was done. So we know they cut away the foreskin, right? And when they cut away the foreskin, anyone else familiar with what else they do? It's okay. It's called Brit Malah, right? They also draw blood from the reproductive organ. Okay? From which the baby is given a Jewish name. Cut away the foreskin, then they draw blood from the reproductive organ of the child. And then the child receive his or her name on the eighth day. But what we do when a child is born, nothing of any significance, nothing that draws back, because then with the circumcision, it's about the covenant. Already at the birth, Q, the covenant is already within the process of the birth of the child. So that when the child is born, is look, their direction of their life has already been declared that you are in covenant with God. Because the foreskin look of look that would look you would be because the flesh rebellious. It represents the type of heart, the heart and heart that you would have. So we're removing this. 
And when you reproduce, you're, look, you're reproducing from your new covenant. <laughs> See, and then this new beginning is this same new creation that you and I are supposed to receive. Because when we do Romans 10, 9, and look, we do the sinner's prayer, the same thing symbolically that they would do or out of tradition is what spiritually happens with us. See, but when you, when you read the word of God, when you're in a conversation and a dialogue with anyone, First of all, you must understand how your mind, your brain really function and work. Left and right side. Are you considering that when you go study? Are you considering are your primary left brain person or primary right? And how you need to develop the other side of your brain so you can properly study anything. Right, so back away from how you've been studying because you're going to have to know physically how your brain on the left and the right side should function. And I ask Holy Spirit this. Why do you or why have you and why do you still speak in metaphors? If you're not asking Holy Spirit questions and this is how you in, in investigate. I don't do that through all of the books. Look, because that's by the letter. And not by his spirit. Why do you speak in metaphors? Or why did you speak in parables? And they say, Jesus, speak to us plainly. Because if I speak to you plainly, you won't be able to perceive eternity. So I speak to the left side of your brain, which is logic. Don't tell me. You're going to have to know how your brain works to properly study and properly receive and properly listen. You're speaking metaphors because that left side of your brain is logic. Calculation, math, linear, you just see straight. And when you speak in metaphors, people start to be able to really imagine and see. So now you can see. And when you see, you can now believe because you can see. And this is why faith doesn't work because we go by what we naturally see. This is what's happening when the word comes forth and we're, when we're even in our private time and studying The life of Christ is eternity. How do I study, examine, scrutinize eternity? 
I asked what was meeting because we talk about the appointed times. We talk about the feast. This is how I've, I've always approached the word. I'm like, Lord, if you have named this to be feast or you have named you this to, to be the menorah, I don't take it as what menorah is that I'm trying to figure out. I just go empty. What are you saying to me? 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 So what I think I know about feast, I know nothing. So what are you saying to me? So he said it is appointed time, a time that he set aside for you to meet with him. But what is the meeting? Until you exhaust, look, do you, look, exhaust your, the letter, <laughs> and break through and enter into the spirit? You can never perceive what he's saying. The word has to be rhema. What I found interesting about meeting pastor, I left feast, went to appointed time, then it's a meeting. Then the meeting is an encounter. Then a meeting is, listen, repeat. A meeting is listen, repeat. Listen, repeat. And you listen and repeat, and you listen and repeat to come to the root of why you met. That means, I, 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 and listen for us, spiritually is obey. I come ready to obey with what I hear. So obey, repeat, obey, repeat. That's going to close. This is my question. So I always got questions of the Holy Spirit. It says, are, so it says that the question that I ask him is, or I'm asking you, are you able to see or seek to see what has passed? Because it says this is, what, this is what God does. He sees what has passed. So when you, you hear the word of God, you study the word of God, you can't perceive the word of God unless you know what has passed. The signs, the signals, the metaphors, the teachings, the training. Did you perceive what has passed? 
the signs, the signals, the metaphors, the teachings, the experience, the discipline. Can you perceive what has passed? If you can't perceive what has passed, how can you be prosperous stepping into what you believe is now? If you don't, look, what has passed, all what you've learned. Oh, look, you went to school, you went to college. So if you can't perceive what has passed and now it's time for an exam, how do you pass? Turn it back over to you, Pastor. Just trying to get us ready to see. I am so excited about what God is doing in our lives. Perceive, perceive God in everything. And you'll never miss him. Ha! Glory to God. Perceive him in everything. And you never miss, look, you never miss hearing him. What is he saying? in everything and you never miss an encounter to hear him hello okay uh, if you can stand to your feet please thank you teacher Normally, or we have in the past, there were a couple of prayers that we did, but we're not, and we, we, we didn't do that last year because what really is commanded for any believer is that we obey, Amen. that we love each other, that we be our brother's keeper, and we're not, don't be afraid to be your brother's keeper. Amen. They might not understand it. But if they really have the spirit, this is why it has to be revealed. And on the progression, as we go through this journey this week, you're going to see exactly the revelation of Jesus Christ. Watch this in you. Amen. 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 So I'm going to have the elder to light the candles of the menorah. Just being led by the Spirit. And now, let's talk about, let's just, as he's lighting them, let's really examine our lives right now, where we are. Um, and this is about dedication, rededication of the temple that was desecrated. You know, like when we were sinners, our, our temples were desecrated by our sins. But now we're saved. So this is a rededication, a redoing of, watch this, of our commitment, of our discipline, of our loyalty to Christ. And we should take this time, and I'm going to show you the battle, what was fought, that we could stand here today. And we have the exact pattern 
of what God said was in the temple that's in you now. This light is now in you. We wouldn't treat each other the way we treat each other. We understand the sacrifices that were made for us to stand here today as believers. The battle that was fought. The battle that was prophesied. Take a moment to reflect. This is about rededicating our life, our commitment to Christ. And when I do that, I rededicate it to each other. I'm going to treat you better. Treat you with the love of Christ. I'm going to always tell you the truth. There's a battle that if people die, not because it's this it's a symbolism, but it's a shadow of things to come. Hanukkah is one of the most prophetic, most prophetic timelines of his coming. And that's what I hope to unveil to you throughout the week. It's all in that right there, which is him. That's in you now. You are the light of the world. So I want to end tonight just by saying that I love you. We have so much more that I want to unveil to you. We thank God for doing what he did. And you are now the Feast of the Tabernacle. You are Shekot. You are first fruits. He said he was the first fruit of many brothers. We, that is all of us now because he's in us. Every day we acknowledge. Stay holy. Keep it holy, he said. Be holy for I'm holy. You've been sanctified, set apart. Kadosh now. My prayer tonight is that you go in peace. Shabbat shalom. I'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Amen.